0: Just say the word, 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 just say the word. Hello, I'm Paul Mangel.
1: I'm Paul Nujikseni. And I'm Yulia Stancheva.
0: Welcome to Just Say the Word, a podcast in which we pay homage to our relationship with words, their meaning and their power to create our world.
1: In every episode, we invite a special guest and ask them, what is your word? What does it mean to you? Where does it come from? As we immerse ourselves in the world of each guest, we will tell you the story
2: of their chosen word and how it relates to their life's experiences, successes, and achievements.
0: Our guest in this show is Vlad, an up and coming comic actor and writer who's appeared on BBC Three and BBC One. He's received four awards on the circuit in different clubs and is currently working on his debut work in progress show, Hi, My Name is Immigrant, which premiered on the Brighton. Cambridge, and Camden Fringe before being taken to Edinburgh for the 2023 Fringe Festival.
1: Welcome, Vlad.
0: Thank you. It's thank an you, absolute
1: thank pleasure you. to have you in our studio.
0: And in time-honoured fashion, the time has come for you to just say the word. And your word is? Menopause. Menopause. Mm. <laughs> Menopause, yeah, we did, we thought about this. Never failed
1: to surprise yeah. and impress. And
0: we thought the best thing to do was give it all to you. So you you can do the talking to begin with, yeah. Oh, <laughs> right, choose, right. <laughs> why so, did you choose menopause?
3: Yeah, that's, you know, menopause. It happens to, you know, you get the flashes, you, you, headaches, you wake up in the middle of the night, you know, where's my pyjama? Why am I wearing one sock? What's happening? Why does nobody love me? All of these things, you know, just yeah. sort of... Um, Which I think are just, you know, there's there's cycles in life. I think uh, also, you know, menopause perfectly describes the the up and downs of life.
0: That is a great word. But, you know, when you thought about it, were you thinking about it from a man's point of view, a woman's point of view?
3: Yeah, I was thinking about my mom, actually.
0: (laughs) I was sure that you're going to say that. Yeah, because
3: because obviously she recently started getting into... uh, Getting, I'm saying getting into menopause like she's getting into rock music. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm really Oh yeah. she's yeah, yeah. rocking it. <laughs> yeah. It's always affecting a, a large part of the population. And then the way it influenced me is um, I think my mom's early uh, menopause meant that um, I was getting the belt back home from school. <laughs> Or getting the wooden spoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or the papucha, or the the slipper, whatever it was. Yeah. (laughs) So I think that definitely uh, influenced my life further on. For Balkan children, trauma is very important early on. You know, we want (laughs) to set an early foundation (laughs) of
0: traumatic traumatic experience you need to normalize it
1: we both understand it because i'm bulgarian and he's macedonian so being part of that
3: uh, world yeah part of that uh uh, collective (laughs) (laughs) madness and then when i came to the uk and i was in the supermarket and uh something happened but the, the parent made a mistake and he apologized to the child he apologized to the child <laughs> Balkan parents do not apologize to their children <laughs> funny thing
1: Balkan it's... parents are always right
3: <laughs> yeah yeah they're always right also you know here you know children they, they you know they. if there's a storm they're scared to fall asleep you know if, if you're a Balkan child you get used to sleeping on two chairs on the wedding you know it's gonna last till 1am and you ask dad when are we leaving and they're like oh just one more beer and
0: we're gonna go home
3: (laughs) and you're there just sleeping covered in a jacket correct your brother is under the table crying with a cake stuffing his face in (laughs) And that's yeah. just that's just a normal childhood yeah.
0: yeah so we're talking about balkans and 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 balkan parents and balkan people but is menopause something that's accepted or is it just is it a taboo subject
3: it needs some a bit more explanation i think uh like conversations i've had for example with my mom at the beginning she's been very like taboo about it mm. herself mm. i'm like listen if you just you actually go to the doctor and talk about it, maybe he'll be able to prescribe something so you don't have to suffer from mood mm. swings or you don't You don't have to accept it. She's taking it on in this very sort of moralistic. Christian way of, oh, this is my toll. This is my cross that I have to carry as a woman. She has to like, soldier
1: through it. Yeah, you yeah. have to
3: soldier. You don't have to, mom. Communism is over. <laughs> you, know, you can accept help and get it get it all done and over with, you know? Yeah. So so I think she's getting there now, you know? But it took a lot of, you know, talking from me and my brother for her. And my dad is the same way. Just I think I think men are in some sort of an invisible menopause as well you know
0: it's just <laughs> oh, that's for sure well, I mean I, know, I mean invisible to them but perfectly visible and tangible to everybody else you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <exactly>. yeah. <laughs> it's just they don't they, they don't use that word i don't know what yeah, they use yeah. it you know something yeah. else yeah
1: what you know? would be the mens yeah. equivalent well i mean
0: midlife crisis um, yeah people people we talk prefer, about yeah we male prefer. menopause or whatever it is but you know you, you know your faculties diminish in all kinds of ways and yeah. you know you finish up staring reality except exactly what happens you have a couple more beers you know so. yeah <laughs> But a couple
3: of more beers or it you know it, which, it,
0: which doesn't help, you know, in the end.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it helps you you build Yeah it helps you build yeah, exactly. <laughs> on top of your But uh like it hits some men differently, like they they start talking about they get into the science of it all because you obviously the testosterone shuts down completely. Uh they use a little dosage of uh steroids. Yeah. A legal dosage of steroids to kick start testosterone. Uh, because obviously, when you're younger, it's damaging because you're producing it naturally. But when you don't produce it naturally anymore, some doctors allow them to take small amounts of steroid use to kickstart that testosterone, which in turn, you know, they think they're going to have a second youth. But all they really have
0: is a really hairy back. I had no idea we had such medical knowledge on this. (laughs) We we, we need to rebrand this as the the doctor is in or something. (laughs) Well, (laughs) (laughs) quasi-doctor.
3: What they call bro science.
0: (laughs) Do you
1: think that the word itself can carry a positive meaning?
3: Absolutely. Well, I think that's actually, it's a crucial intersection in life because... Uh, obviously, the we, we tie it to a certain age or we tie it to a certain period in life, whether it's it's the invisible male menopause or the very real female menopause. It comes either at a time where you you have that empty nest syndrome where the kids have all grown up and they've gone to college and now you're alone, oh, well, you know, and you start summarizing life, Oh, what is life? You know, you just you wake up, you've you've had children. You've done everything and, and then you failed and now you're supposed to die. That's, <laughs> I think of a very important takeoff point it, it, It's where people become at the peak of their wisdom. Also, it's, it's almost like a spiritual awakening.
0: It's that self, that conversation with yourself, that ability to be able to reflect on yourself. If you take yourself too seriously and you are kind of counting stuff that's in front of your eyes, that's one thing. I think humor is often about a reflection of your own foolishness and vulnerabilities and everything like that you know so and it doesn't come easily maybe not to balkan men but it doesn't come easy to lots of different men from all over the
3: world. oh absolutely well it's it's one of the windows to the soul yeah i think every human being has like a natural ability for like storytelling it's at the heart of humanness so it is used in therapy so if people who go through this don't have this internal dialogue they get depressed then they go to the therapist and then the therapist needs to guide them through that sort of internal passage. You know, humor is absolutely universal. I I think some cultures yes. are a bit more lively than other cultures. And you can hear that in the language as well. And, and I think there's something about the way we live in Western societies that is just dampening the spirit a little bit. I'm not actually sure what what exactly it is.
1: Taming like, the spirit. <laughs> yeah, it's just
3: just taming it a little bit. You know, you you hear certain languages, like uh, American people, like they, you know, when they talk, really slow and they, they, they sound like so like bored out of themselves and I'm like you're, you're you're the richest country in the world you've got everything you have everything what's bothering you and then you go somewhere you know you go to Cambodia or you go to Pakistan where people don't have certain explosiveness. living
1: Explosiveness.
3: but you look at listen to the language' it's, it's crackling it's full of life it's yeah. full of life yeah. are those uh,
1: internal dialogues the foundation of your comedy stand-up Shows. I wonder whether they are your vessel of the in- externalizing your internal dialogues. Oh,
3: absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everything that, you know, comes from you has to be part of you. or What you have experienced. Absolutely. Either experienced, conversations that you had, everything that has influenced you. Comedy is always, uh, sometimes it's like gambling. You write something and you're like, hey, let's you see. You never know
1: how it's going to land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. going
3: to be funny. It's really what it is, is you're, you're walking on a rope. You don't want to come out as being above the audience or below the audience. And from one angle, it's a total performance. So you have to look at all the technical aspects that go into a performance. Timing, clarity, all of that stuff. And then from the other side, you have the raw side, which is, you know, you could say either talent or whoever you are, what part of you do you put in the comedy? And that's why 10 comedians can come in, in one room and talk about the same subject and they'll have 10 different funny sides to yes. 10 different angles. Yes. For me, when I came, that was my first feeling was, how do I feel being here? And, you know... Being the,
1: exposed as well. Yeah,
3: being exposed. Uh, it was a very charged situation then with all oh, the Romanians, the, you know, the Eastern Europeans coming, blah, 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 all of this.
1: How did you overcome the competition then?
3: Oh, <laughs> the yeah, they're not around anymore. <laughs> I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> My cousin Igor helped me. Uh, Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
1: so, well, you have done amazingly well. And I have watched your uh, BBC comedy show. And I immediately related to you because yeah. I, just like you, am an immigrant. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I was wondering whether you could say for our audience one of your iconic moments of uh, your comedy show.
3: I think when I started doing shows here, it just so happened I, I, you know, I kept one joke as always, like, uh, as an introductory joke. It was an introduction. I said, hi, my name is Immigrant, which is like a, just like a (laughs) little silly intro. And then I started building on that. And then we were talking back and forth. Somebody heckled me during a show. This was very early on. I was doing an open mic show. Oh, and say, "Oh, you, you know, you, you, you're stealing jobs." And he said, "Ah, don't worry, I'm not stealing them from you. I'm stealing them from the Romanians." So, <laughs> 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 but, but then we went, yeah. and then you know, she, she was, she got really upset. She said, well, "What do you have against Romanians?" I'm like, I, "I, don't have anything against Romanians. In fact, this is true. Guys. If you go to Hackney right now, there's a really angry Victor." Okay, <laughs> so is, then actually, when we filmed for the. For the BBC, you know, I, I did say that joke and a lot of like a whole set and it it went viral. It got to like now it's about seven million, six, seven million views. And a lot of people had related to that, which was exactly what I wanted to achieve yes. by that. Yeah. To make that aspect of coming here uh relatable.
1: Tell us one of your sketches from that show.
3: Well, okay. Okay, this is a true story. It's when I when I first arrived and my English was a bit uh uh rubbish. I was at Tesco. And uh, I bought something with my card, and the lady said, uh, "Do you want cashback?" I said, "What?" She said, "Do you want cashback?" I said, "Lady, everybody wants cash." <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, "Well, how much do you want then?" Well, as much as you can give me. <laughs> and I started taking the money. I'm thinking, "Oh my God, what a country! Yeah, no wonder all yeah. immigrants want to come here. <laughs> it's amazing." <laughs> so, so I had I had a lot of these very very little silly silly situations. Uh, I'm definitely fascinated by the queuing system. It's wonderful. <laughs> Nobody yeah. told the British people to queue. They just did it.
0: Yeah? yeah. Just naturally did it. They, it's part of their genealogy, you know. And the, the fact that they went, oh, you know, this is a bit annoying, but let's let's just do it. Let's, let's just hang it. around here. <laughs> and yeah. And, you know, then I can tell, when I get home, I can tell my wife I queued and how long I did it for and yeah. who was in front of me and who was behind me and what they said. Yeah. And that, you know, it's a whole, you know. Yeah. A ritual. Rituals <laughs> ritual. about that. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that you found, that, that words that you really don't use, you know, stuff that, that hasn't worked for you, is there anything from, from your perspective, a, a concept that, that you found really difficult to crack?
3: Absolutely. You touched on a, on a really interesting point that I've been thinking of for, for a long time because sometimes I, I realized uh, very recently that, you know, comedy is actually, is, is the, the best comedy is simple. But sometimes, as a writer, as an artist, as a musician, you are always seeking to intellectualize everything or to go deep into everything, and you think, "Oh my God, this is going to be a boom!" and this blah blah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> this this new bit about badgers, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, <laughs> you know, all this owl bit is I'm just gonna kill it with this and the saucepan and the, yeah. yeah, oh, and porridge and anyway, so. Uh, and you just you go out there, and then there's there's a moment there's there's a shift. Obviously, when you when you write to when you perform comedy, there's there's a shift in energy. So what you've written, how you how you perform it, and then but for me, it's same like you always, it's always been the jokes that I've written that I thought, Meh, you know, and then the audience goes boom, and you're like, whoa, okay, okay. That's why it takes so long as a comedian to build a special. Because you write it out and your job is not finished. Actually, that's where your job starts. Because where they, where you see a laugh, that's where you need to start exploring. Yes. And then go down that. You need path. to be able
1: to improvise during shows as well.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't, I mean, there are some comedians who who do scripted comedy completely. I think like um, someone like Jimmy Carr, for example. He's got like a big writer's room as well. I'm not really sure if I should <laughs> talk about him on the podcast so I don't get sued.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, it'll be you who gets sued. So oh yeah, so it's
3: fine. <laughs> I'm going to get my five minutes of yeah, claim to yeah, yeah. fame. <laughs> yeah, who else can I? Boris Johnson.
1: <laughs> Have you done any political jokes?
3: I think in the BBC sketch, I, I touched upon the, the the name dispute with Greece. I'll write anything that I think is funny. You know, one of my favorite comics, Dylan Moran, he says, you know, to draw breath is to be political, which I'm sure he quoted it from some other. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, But, uh, you know, everything is to a certain extent, you're a political being. Polis coming from in in the Balkans. Also, you might say something that you think is funny and the guillotine awaits.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely.
1: (laughs) So I think
3: you should say even more.
1: When did you find uh, your super comedy powers?
3: Uh, I had like a little feeling about it when I was growing up. I was doing these little uh, amateur dramatics. I was in these classes and they always used to put me in those bits. I didn't want to be in those bits. I was crying all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And mainly because my mom was in menopause. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, it all comes to menopause.
3: Because <laughs> we kind of forgot about that. Yeah. And um, So yeah, I guess maybe kind of started there. And then when I covered stand-up, it was uh, basically when we had our first computer and there was the internet. And my older brother was like, come, come here. And, and we saw, it was Eddie Murphy. I saw like the first stand-up ever. I said, whoa, people do that? Like yeah. that is the freedom. Because <laughs> I found acting to be just slightly, it's a different form. You have a yes. director, there's the scene, somebody's playing the tree, you know. There's all of this.
1: <laughs> you have more power in being who you are right now.
3: Yeah, more power in...
0: in more control. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It, it, it's a double-edged sword, yeah.
0: Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's exactly it. You know, you, you are defining your moment. You are your own director at that stage. Your own producer, you know, a stand-up comic, comic is, is exactly that. And at the same time... Yeah. There's no one else to blame, you know. That's it. You are. Yeah, exactly. You are. You said it before. You're walking the tightrope, and you don't want to be too far up or 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 away or below. You've got to be exactly on your path. Yeah.
1: I always find laughter is the best way to tell inconvenient truths to people.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Vlad is a really great comedian, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs>
3: yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah. Thanks for accepting my bribe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I'm afraid we must uh, say a really, really big, big, big thank you to Vlad. That's been an absolute pleasure.
3: Thank you. Just
2: say the word. Just say the word. According to the World Health Organization, natural menopause is deemed to have occurred after 12 consecutive months without menstruation, for which there is no other obvious physiological or pathological cause, and there hasn't been any clinical intervention. A French physician coined the term menopause in 1821. Medical interest in menopause increased considerably in the mid-19th century. In the 1930s, People started describing it as a deficiency disease and it took many years and studies for the medicalization of menopause to be completed in the 1970s. Menopause literally means the end of monthly cycles, from the Greek word posis, pause, and "men," month. It's also called climacteric. The non-technical names are change of life, midlife crisis, and hot flashes the word menopause has many similar translations in different languages across the globe for example in my kazakh language in bulgarian ukrainian slovak romanian russian portuguese macedonian italian galician czech croatian catalan bosnian and belarusian it all sounds the same menopausa while in polish it's klimakterium, and in latvian klimakteris. never mind the translation Menopause is no stranger to a euphemism. As a society, when we feel embarrassed to discuss certain things, it's in our human nature to use alternative words. Some of the weird and funny names for menopause which aim to help break the stigma are Internal Furnace, Reverse Puberty, Ovarian Retirement, Second Spring, Power surges, night crawlers, super soaker event, and brain fog—nicknames that are here to stay.
1: Just say the word. Just say the word. The history of the stigmatization of menopause goes back a long way. Until about the 18th century, menopause was considered a disease. Thinking themselves more progressive, the Victorians believed that a woman's ovaries were the seat of feminine essence and all that was virtuous in women sprang from them. The male medical establishment divined a link between the womb and the brain, meaning that all women were susceptible to insanity. So when a woman's ovaries stopped functioning, as they do in menopause, she was simply deemed mad. During the 19th century, there was a great push in understanding and pioneering new and often dangerous therapies to treat many aspects of women's health. Hundreds of women had their ovaries surgically removed, while others were locked up in asylums to treat their insanity often filled with drugs such as laudanum to render them compliant and docile. The more extreme remedies of the time, so-called replenishment therapies, used testicular juice or the crushed ovaries of animals, all in the name of science. Of course, there are many different perspectives on menopause from different cultures around the world. Menopause in Japan is translated as konenki. Ko literally means renewal and regeneration. Nen means year or years. And ki means season or energy. In the Japanese culture, menopause is seen as a period of regeneration or renewal, which is in complete contrast to the Western view of menopause. Tracing the etymology of the word, it is said to find that the ancient Greek roots of the term suggest a cessation as opposed to the renewal of one's life period. In the rural regions of Guatemala, Mayan women acquire new status when they enter menopause. They become spiritual leaders of their communities. The Cree women of Canada believe that women must enter menopause to access their healing powers. Menstrual blood has the power to create life in the womb So when women reach the age of retaining their wise blood, they cross the threshold into wise womanhood by keeping their wise blood. At this point, they become healers and spiritual leaders in their communities. Art has been dominated by men over the centuries. So we are left with a singularly male perspective of women's aging process. Now women artists are redressing the balance by revealing a powerful awareness of the conflicts inherent in childbirth, maternity and aging. Controversial at the time, Frida Kahlo's My Birth depicts the act of childbirth. Dorothea Tanning's Maternity emphasizes the mother's frightening isolation. Artists like Jenny Seville explore feminine flesh, cosmetic surgery, and physical motherhood. While artist Gabrielle Robert Stalton explores the change experienced by half the world's population in her menopause series, Division of Thought. Her visual diary is an Indian ink drawing using a deep pen method. Her drawings are instinctual and natural. They illuminate a woman's experience of brain fog and express visually how a woman of 55 generally feels. There are many creative responses to menopause in the arts, reinventing the way we see the change. Inspired by a hot flush and a bottle of wine, writer and producer Jeannie Linders created Menopause, the musical, as a celebration of women who are on the brink of, in the middle of, or have survived this period of their lives. What happens when you give four women a black lace bra and a microphone? A highly entertaining theatre experience. The 90-minute show is filled with laughter and parodies from the classics of the 60s and 70s and 80s. The disco hit Stayin' Alive becomes staying Awake. Motown's favorite My Guy is transformed into My Ties. The lion sleeps tonight, switches to In the Guest Room or On the Sofa. My husband sleeps at night. And the Puff the Magic Dragon becomes the anthem to exercise. Puff, my god, I'm dragging! The worlds of TV and film are also starting to put menopause in the limelight. In the second season of Fleabag, Christine Scott Thomas delivered a passionate monologue about womanhood, eulogizing menopause as a relief with no more periods or childbirth. The Canadian television sitcom Working Moms highlighted postpartum depression and pre-menopausal symptoms. The sequence of the Sex and the City series and Just Like That looked at how Carrie Miranda Samantha and Charlotte dealt with weak bladders, thinning hair and menopausal brain fog. Contrary of what the title might suggest, menopause isn't something that happens just like that. It's a process that can last for many years. Sex, Myths and the Menopause is a Channel 4 documentary presented by Davina McCall. McCall had just turned 44 and felt as if she was losing it with hot flashes, depression, and mental fog. In her show, she shares her menopause story, busting midlife taboos from sex to hormone replacement therapy. The TV presenter sparked the so called Davina effect, which created an increased demand for employee menopause support in the workplace. She advocated passionately for perimenopausal and menopausal women to be seen and heard. The information provided by the Channel 4 documentary highlighted the importance of menopause health being put at the forefront of the healthcare agenda by the Department of Health and Social Care. The menopause transition may affect women in different ways, and many women experience menopausal symptoms that can significantly impact their quality of life. Women should be aware that help and support is available and they can consult their GP for advice. All women should be able to access advice on how they can optimize their menopause transition and be aware of what options there are which can help to manage their symptoms. The tissues dry out muscles weaken, the skin sucks, the bones become brittle and porous, easily fractured. No one can be sure of escaping the horror of this living decay. Right, you would be forgiven for thinking this is an extract from a science fiction book. But you will be wrong. This quote is taken from the 1966 factual book Feminine Forever by gynecologist Robert A. Wilson, who displays an extreme and despairing attitude towards menopause. Thankfully, since the publication of Wilson's book, society has progressed, both scientifically and culturally, in the ways we view menopause. Luckily for today's women, there is a more positive approach towards the subject, such as the book Cracking the Menopause by broadcaster Mariella Fostrup and award-winning health journalist Alice Smelly. This book takes a light-hearted approach, giving information wrapped in humor. Being able to laugh at yourself is an invaluable coping tool, helping to empower and liberate women of all ages when they feel able to own their menopause instead of suffering it. (laughs) I don't have hot flashes. No, I have short price of vacation in tropical-like conditions. Wouldn't it be amazing if we burnt as many calories with a hot flash as we did during a five-mile run? Very menopause, hmm. I didn't even know it was a thing until I got the mood swings. One minute, I'm sweet, and the next, I'm biting my husband's head off. (laughs) I swear, if my memory was any worse, I could plan my own surprise party. Learning how to laugh about all the different quirks of our changing bodies can help us cope with the challenges. Besides, laughter is the best medicine around, isn't it? Please do be informed. Watch documentaries, read books, listen to podcasts to educate yourself about the menopause. This goes for men too. It will change the way you look at your loved ones, your wife, your daughter, your colleague it will improve relationships and help make what is sometimes termed the second spring a better experience for all. This episode was written and produced by me, Yulia Stancheva, for Alpha CRC. My co-hosts are Paul Mangel and Balmur Zhekseni, Sound Design, Alpha Studios, Audio Engineers, Mikos Nanazi and Gerard Rodriguez, with special thanks to our guest, Vlad Ilic. Episode 6 was our last episode from Season 1. If you haven't listened to the other 5 episodes, you can catch up with them on Podbean, Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thank you for listening. We will be back soon with new episodes in our Season 2. Just say the
0: word. Just say the word. Just
1: say the word. Just say the word. Just say the word. This podcast was brought to you by Alpha CRC. Global enterprise localization, local user experience.